Accelerate Service 2016 promises to be an inspiring, engaging, and educational two-day conference focused on and dedicated to five-star customer service. In addition to the amazing content you will receive over the two-day event, you will also be contributing to a larger vision of raising funds for Three Square Food Bank, a subsidiary of Feeding America, who serves food insecure residents in Southern Nevada. Make sure to check out Accelerate2016.com. That is Excel with two L's, Accelerate2016.com. Welcome to episode 150 of Crack the Customer Code. 150. Milestone. <laughs> Thanks to Audible.com for sponsoring this episode. Get your free audiobook and a 30-day free trial as a listener to this podcast by visiting audibletrial.com slash customer code. I'm Jeannie Walters, and I'm here with my co-host and the MVP of the customer service season, Adam Taporek. <laughs> a sports reference. What a shock. <laughs> Do you get it? Do you know what MVP stands for? Yeah, it means most verified person. <laughs> Close enough. No. You are that. <laughs> You are very verified. I'm very verified. (laughs) Yes, the the interwebs have verified me. (laughs) So, Jeannie, I know you've got that whole Midwest thing going, and we have a guest who used to be from the Midwest. And when I say Phil Gerbyshack, what do you say? Energy, passion, fun, glasses. (laughs) (laughs) Glasses. Orange glasses. Orange glasses. I love his glasses. They're so cool. He does he does different color glasses too. So he's he's just super fun. I love Phil. Yeah, he's been awesome. So this was a cool episode 1 because we talked about my favorite customer service topic, which is the rise of the machines and judgment day. <laughs> That's awesome anytime that happens. Yep. Yep, and I'm the one who brings up the robot overlords, so that's unusual. (laughs) That is very unusual. Uh, And what's cool about Phil is he is a technology guy. He knows more, you know, he's forgotten more about technology than we know, all that kind of stuff. But he also has a customer experience and customer service background, so he brings a really wide lens, which is awesome. Yeah, he's. I love the way he thinks about things, honestly, because he really does connect the dots between the humans and the technology and the best way to use those two things together. And I think there there's a lot of wisdom in this and there's a lot of just good reminders for us too as we get as we go through our daily lives in this work. He provides a lot of little moments that I think people are going to get a lot out of. Okay, well, I'm going to put my living tissue over my exoskeleton <laughs> and not robotically read you Phil Gerbyshack's bio. Phil Gerbyshack <laughs> believes in the power of social selling and connection. With a unique speaking style, part sales expert, part entertainer, Phil keeps his audiences awake and engaged while providing actionable steps to bring in more leads, more referrals, and more business. If he's not traveling, speaking, or making new connections, Phil writes. He's published five books, including 10 Ways to Make It Great and Hashtag Twitter Works, more than (laughs) 2,500 articles, and has been interviewed by the Wall Street Journal, USA Today, Financial Times, and more. Phil, what is up, my man? What's up, Adam? How are you? Doing fantastic. We are here. We have Jeannie, of course. Y'all are old buddies. Hi, Phil. What's up, Jeannie? How are you? <laughs> Great. How are you? I am spectacular now that I'm talking to the two of you. Uh, well, we are thrilled you're here with us today. And if people haven't met you, I think they should know that 
seriously, I'm not sure I know anybody who is quite as passionate and energetic as you are, not just in general, which you are, but also when it comes to really the power of social. And I was lucky enough to see you speak a little bit um, about this at the National Speakers Association. And you you killed it, of course, by the way. Killed. Um, killed it. But I'm curious to, to start our conversation here. I'm wondering what are some of your favorite ways to advise both people as people and also businesses about how to tap into this power of social? What do you think? Excellent question. Well, the key is the first word that you said, and that's people. We have to realize that we are people and the person on the other end is a person too, not a business, mm-hmm. not, not some brick and mortar building, but a real person on the other end. And even though we don't expect that businesses are going to be animated objects, we do expect them to have some empathy and some feelings. So sometimes if we can just tap into that collective feeling and really focus on, okay, how do I want people to feel when they walk away from working with me? How do I want this business transaction to be? I mean, that's really, you know, think about that customer experience that you guys talk about that all the time. And that's so important. But if you begin with that and think about how do I want people to feel on Mm -hmm. social How do I make them feel offline and then congruently maximizing both of those, which are two kind of buzzwords, but congruent means it has to match. And then maximizing means just crank that up as much as you can to really give that. Because frankly, especially on most social, it's text. And text Mm -hmm. we read into ourselves. Text is not often an emotion that we're able to transfer that energy, that love for our customers too. But if we're passionate about it, and that's where, don't worry so much about being professional, be personal and make a person-to-person connection first. And that's how we can take that, what we have offline, that love that we have for our customers, that love that we have for our service, that love that we have for doing what we do, and really transition that online, be it a person or be that a business. I love that. Wow. Feel the passion. I feel the love and the feelings. (laughs) Yes. So, you know, you mentioned that customer experience. Let me ask you, how are some ways you can, because we talk about this a lot, you lose all these human signals when you cut off facial expressions, when you cut out tone of voice, and you've got to convey that another way. So how do you advise companies, especially the ones that have the lawyers and the HR departments that are like, don't put anything in writing. How do you communicate humanly through social and in those environments? So first, we have to realize, again, that we're not trying to sway people to immediately do a business with us. Any sort of crazy false claim, and by false, I don't mean you're saying it's false, but stuff that can't be proved is false when it's online. People aren't going to follow privacy policies, disclaimers, all that crap back to see if you're telling the truth. So Just throw that stuff away. Stop trying to promote products and services and start promoting the great people that are in your organization. And how do we do that, right? We take pictures. We use text. We drive people back to our website. We might use video. We might do a podcast. We have to be out there. We have to be consistently out there. That's the thing, right? It's not an event. Customer service is not an event. It happens all the time. And we are serving our customers, serving our people by what we say and by what we don't say. So if we're not saying anything online, if we're just quiet, most people will then, like 
you know, most insecure people do. Hey, do you still love me? Do you still <laughs> care about me? Are we still friends? Right? If I don't hear from someone for a year and then suddenly, hey, I've got a special, buy my crap, click my junk, aren't I awesome? You're like, whoa, dude, I haven't talked to you in a year. What's that about? Like, chill out, man. Now, <laughs> if we, right? And we see that all the time. People the time. build mailing lists and then don't do crap with them. And then the first email they said, hi, I haven't emailed you in nine months, but you know, I've got a, spam, a special, I've got some spam to sell you. It's like, get <laughs> the hell here, right? So, so that's how we build that up online is consistent communication, showing our people, showing our human side, again, focusing on the other person's feelings. What do they care about? And pouring value into that. It's funny because I went to a conference recently, which you mo both might have been at, <clears throat> and I met somebody and had a great time with them, and I wrote them an email after the fact. And this was a solo partner, not the big businesses I asked you about, and sent them a nice email, you nice to meet you, the whole business, and didn't get a response to that email. And then like two weeks, three weeks later, I got uh, something from their mailing list. Awesome. I was like, really? <laughs> Come on. That's one of my biggest pet peeves is when – you give somebody a business card, and the only thing they do to it is add you to a mailing list. <laughs> well, yeah, well, let's talk about the ethics of that, right? Let's think uh. about our business. Because if we're collecting business cards, and I, I'm purposefully using that word, collecting business cards, mm -hmm. with the intent of adding them to our mailing list, we are doing people a disservice. Because Amen. we have no idea what they need or want. So instead... Instead of collecting business cards, why don't you build relationships and think about what they need? Adam, you did actually a really nice job. I got your email after the event. It was personal. It had your connection information. It talked about how you were looking forward to seeing me the next time that we got together. That is an appropriate follow-up. Now, I don't know because obviously I only got the message to me, but I'm guessing you could scale that and make that very similar about – 20 or 30 people that you met at the conference that we were at, only changing that up of, hey, instead of I'm excited to see you on August 20th at the Tampa National Speaker Association conference, instead, you could say, well, I hope to see you next year at the conference. Similar message, similar feel, not spammy, not, hey, buy my stuff, click my crap, aren't I awesome, here's my mailing list, right away. So focus on the darn relationship, please, and stop collecting business cards. I, I love everything you just said, except I'm a little hurt that I didn't get an email from Adam. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> you know, Jeannie, the reason I think I got that is I walked up to Adam and I put my business card in his personal fishbowl, and I'm really hoping that I win lunch this week. <laughs> <laughs> I did not do that, but I will tell you that Adam owes me lots of lunches. <laughs> I have rigged the game. Phil, you win. <laughs> yes. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> Uh, well, I think one of the things that you emphasize so well, Phil, is the idea that there are humans throughout, throughout the transaction, right? No matter if you're dealing with a business or anything else. But some of that is changing a bit, I would say, because like it or not, the robots are taking over a little bit. And now we have chat and uh, chat bots and, you know, all these things that are, are starting to happen with how uh, – services being dealt with in social through Facebook Messenger and the longer Twitter direct messages and all of those things. But I'm curious, what 
how do you recommend that these businesses who use these kind of artificial devices, how do you recommend they approach this and still maintain that that human feeling that we want to get? Well, it takes actually more time on the front end to script out and give a human answer. Because mm-hmm. often what we do is we, you know, I've seen this because I can tell you, having worked in IT service management for years and years long ago in a past life, we were trying to write answers to frequently asked questions. Mm-hmm. And invariably what would happen is we would write an answer and we would think it was a perfectly fine answer and we would put it in. And the answer we would get back from our customers was, well, clearly that you didn't read my question, which really is code for you didn't make me feel like a person. You just robotically gave me the answer. Mm-hmm. And people don't want that. So how do you go about that? Well, first, you have to think about the message and understand a little bit more of the relational dynamic of the person. So if you can't hear an intonation and they have less words, if they say, what does that cost? Versus, hi, this is Phil and I'm calling today and I'm wondering, I'm looking at the blue one and I'm wondering if it comes in an extra large and what does that cost and can I get that by Tuesday and <laughs> all of that, what does it cost is nine ninety nine. That's okay. But if you're going to put that same answer because you keyworded that to cost and now you reply to me who just wrote you a paragraph dissertation about how you're doing and you say $9.99, my <laughs> answer is going to be you didn't listen. You didn't I'm going to start I'm going to start answering that way. <laughs> just for fun to see what people do. <laughs> right. But that's what, that's what people think bots can do is mm-hmm. they can look for those cues. So we have to really build in much more logic on the front end. It is not as simple as just setting up a bot to answer questions because humans don't all ask questions the same way. Mm-hmm. We need to remember that. Longer questions typically require longer answers, at least if humans are talking to each other. And shorter ones can have shorter shorter answers. Yes. It's very true. <laughs> well, you know what I like about – first of all, let me be very clear. Sometimes Jeannie and I ask questions in different ways. If I was going <laughs> to ask about bots, I would have said, Phil, when does Skynet become self-aware? He does. He's obsessed I, with it. I think it's going to happen. It really is. <laughs> all right. But I actually – I have a blog post. I'm going to draft off what you said. I have a draft to draft off uh, in my blog post right now. It's called Artificial Intelligence is Not Ready for – Customer service primetime needs a better title because mm-hmm. I had this experience with exactly what you're talking about. It was a, it's an email bot that's pretty popular and it did okay until something, you know, went off script. And then it was a mess of all these auto replies that made no sense, that were logically dyslexical. And I didn't realize I was talking to a bot for the first couple. So I'm like, okay, is this person okay? <laughs> you know, did she get hit in the head? And it was very interesting. So, you know, you were talking about how it needs to be programmed, how deep that needs to be. You were just even saying for when things go right, just for the depth of questions and for the different things. But when things go wrong, when when it doesn't follow the script, how far do you see us being needing to go down the road before we really have bots that can do that? So uh, let, let me answer that in a couple ways. First, your point about not knowing it was a bot is a problem. You need, to, you need to fully disclose that the person you're talking to is a bot or that it could be a bot. Because you'd be much less frustrated, I bet, with that bot 
if you didn't think it was a drunk person on the other end. It, it wasn't just to be fair. It was an email signature, but it was like you know who who reads the email signature, you know fully so i didn't catch it till i started sort of looking at it more deeply but so i mean i don't know is that is that full disclosure or should it be like the opening sentence hi i'm the bot well i you know you're an intelligent human being adam that is savvy (laughs) about customer service and if you didn't see it it wasn't enough okay well thank you and thank you (laughs) yeah no i mean really right so so here's the thing right i want you to really think about this if we're having a conversation and i'm responding with cut and paste answers, you can tell. If you can't tell, and I am responding with cut and paste answers, we are at a point where the bots are ruling the world. We're not close to that. Honestly, I would bet we are probably 20 years, maybe 10 years at the, at the short end, probably 20 years from full empathy from a bot. I mean, Watson is getting better. The problem is we're still triggering off of words and not emotions. We're triggering off no context. If you, if again, in my example there, I used cost as a word. And if cost is a trigger word and you only answer because that's the only trigger word in the message, like most bots do, you've got a problem. So we're years from that. I don't think we're close, but I do think. It's going to require more work before it gets even close to better. So I have a slightly different opinion than the two of you on this. And I think part of it is how it's being used. Um, I saw an example recently where if you think about why somebody might be going to Facebook Messenger, for instance, on your brand page, if you find that most of them are going for something – you can use a bot to proactively say, is this what you're looking for right away? And then veer off if they say no, but have the information right there that the bot can serve up and like the question tree that might make the most sense, but in a really proactive, thoughtful way, instead of just trying to respond the right way all the time. So I think we're, I agree we're not there yet, but I think that we're making strides towards being more proactive, which I kind of like. Sure. Even though they're robots. Yeah, well, proactive (laughs) communication. No, proactive communication is great, right? That's a frequently asked question. That's where you're guessing what people need. And I think that's great. I I don't, I would not call that a bot that in the traditional sense of, at least of not of replacing customer service. Mm -hmm. That's really replacing search, right? What is the number one reason that people come to your website? It's likely to contact you or to place an order from you or to get directions to your place. So if those are the three things, how do I contact you, how do I get directions to you, and how do I place an order, if you can just front load that on every, you know, every pop-up on your chat, hey, if these are one of your questions, feel free to click link one, link two, or link three, and if not, say no, and we'll connect you to a live person. Mm-hmm. I think that's fine. Yeah, I think that's where we are right now today. Yeah, yep. and I, I like that part of it, but I, I definitely agree that the responses can go haywire pretty quickly uh, and we're not quite there. So, which is probably good because once we get there, then we're, we will all be servants to our robot lords. So, (laughs) 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 yes, exactly. Exactly. So this has been a great conversation and I want to kind of wrap it up in a way that helps us look forward, probably in a more positive way than what I just described, (laughs) but (laughs) Uh, what are some of your predictions around how customer service and social and all of, all of these ways that we communicate 
what will change in the future? And what are we just tapping into now that might be mainstream in, in just a little while? What do you think? Well, I think the proactive nature of things is definitely coming. We can predict more, more effectively than ever before. We have more big data than we've ever had before. So we can use that data to make better decisions. I think faster response times are coming. Uh, but I also think we're going to see slower human response times on social because as people, the reason that people call uh, for customer service, the reason that people email for customer service, the reason that people used to send letters is because that was the fastest way to place an order or to get the service that they need. Well, if social media becomes overloaded with how to get service, we're going to see that there's going to have to be some other way that pops up. I don't think that you know the, the social customer service that we see on Twitter from folks like Delta and Southwest and uh, anyone else who has recently had a, a problem, I don't think that level is sustainable for customers. For a business, they just shift their staffing model and they go there. That's no problem. But for a, a, for, you know, for a customer, if they're, not, if they're used to a response in 60 seconds or 90 seconds or whatever you tell them to expect, and then they're not getting that anymore, they're going to find another way. They're going to find another channel for that. So maybe they shift back to the telephone. I don't think we're going to ever see in the future a way to completely do away with human beings. That's the good news. We're not, you know, I mean, we're not going anywhere, right? So, yep. so, so Skynet isn't going anywhere. But I do think, hopefully, as consumers get more savvy and they know more what they're doing and technology then catches up with their intuition because we have the information now. We just don't make it intelligently available. We capture, you know, what? 4,000 pieces of information on most transactions, and we don't do anything predictable <laughs> or intelligent with it. We just capture it, and it's like, why did you do that if you're not going to remember my name? So <laughs> we're going to have to be smarter about that. We're going to have to make that uh, predictive analytics available, and then we're going to find the next great customer service platform. Maybe that's a chat bot. Maybe that's more through, you know, it'll just be, like the Jetsons, we'll see the video and we'll talk to the video, right? That could be too. That's true. Yep. Virtual reality, think, holograms, all that stuff, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. But I think we still need to remember that this is a person-to-person business. That's never going to change. The more that we automate, the more we still need to focus on the human touch. And for the millennials listening, uh, you can Google the Jetsons. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I better look that up. <laughs> oh, Adam. <laughs> no, not buy not buying it. Not buying it. Nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Phil, well this has been absolutely fantastico and uh let's end it by talking about your own personal bot. Where can people find you on the interwebs? Yeah, so it, it, I would say first your favorite social network, whatever yours is, wherever you're listening, if you search for Phil Gerb, P-H-I-L-G-E-R-B, you're going to find me. I'm on just about every social network. I'm happy to connect with you and assist you however I can. And if you can remember my name, Phil Gerbishak, you can go to philgerbishak.com or you can listen to my podcast, Conversations with Phil, at conversationswithphil.com and you'll see many ways to subscribe to that as well. And it is Fantastic. an awesome podcast, I can attest. Yes, and I'm sure people listening today will realize how awesome it is just to listen to you and, and all of your wisdom and all of your excitement. It's always 
It's always just fun to connect with you, Phil. So thank you so much for being here. And thank you for sharing everything that you did today. And we'll see you on the interweb soon. Woohoo! Can't wait. Thanks for <laughs> uh, having me. Thanks, Phil. We hope you enjoyed episode 150 of Crack the Customer Code with special thanks to our sponsor, the Accelerate Service 2016 Conference. It's happening in Las Vegas, Nevada on October 24th and 25th, and you have to be there. I will be speaking, doing a keynote and a breakout. To learn more about this fantastic customer service conference, go to Accelerate2016.com. That's Accelerate2016.com. And after 150 episodes, you can find all of the show notes for every episode. Subscribe and send us feedback at crackthecustomercode.com. Well, Jeannie, do we have any feedback? You know, it's funny you say that. We do. We get feedback on iTunes through ratings, through five-star reviews. One of the more recent ones said this. Adam and Jeannie crack up as they crack the code about customers, and the rapport is entertaining and educational. Love the energy and all the wonderful guests on this show. Subscribe! Definitely hashtag rock hot. Thank you, Jamie. That's a fantastic review. Keep them coming. I'm Jeannie Walters. Stay current on the latest customer experience trends and insights, and see my TEDx talk at 360connects.com. And we are hashtag rock hot. I'm Adam DePork, and you can connect with me and find out more about our customer service, workshops, and training at customersatstink.com. Until next time, take care of your hashtags, take care of yourself, and take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.